long time in the making, but it's finally here. You see him the beat. Good afternoon, and welcome back to The Winning Formula on UCM Radio, The Beat. I'm your host, Cole Elling, and I'm extremely happy you could tune in today uh, for the fourth episode of The Winning Winning Formula. Today, I have a very special guest uh, with me, coach, doctor, teacher, uh, consultant, uh, most importantly, probably a family man as well, uh, Terry Kinkanen. I am delighted uh, Dr. Kinkanen was kind enough to join me today. And we'll be diving into some of the things I absolutely love about college sports. Uh, Terry is in his eighth year as an assistant at, uh, at UCM. Terry primi- primarily works with outfielders, assistance, and with hitting. Uh, directs a- analytic support for scouting and player development. Terry also has coached in the Aces Fast Pitch organization based out of Kansas City. Uh, not only is Terry a coach, but a professor here at UCM. He's in his 24th year as a member of the UCM faculty in the Department of Communications and Digital Media Production. Uh, certified Dale Carnegie t- trainer and served as a chair for the department for five years. His teaching, research, and consulting practices are focused in the areas of corporate crisis communication, social media analytics, and quantitative statistics, and professional speaking. And most of all, out of all that, he is my professional communications professor this semester. So I know I rambled there for a little bit, Dr. Kinkanen, but thank you for coming. I am very happy you could be here. Um, We have yet to have a coach or a faculty member uh, on the show yet. Um, so this is a, a very new for me and I'm excited. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, glad I could be part of the winning formula today. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. the name of the show. So you were reading that. It, it strikes me that I've been around quite a while. Yeah, you uh, have. So uh, first time I've been on the winning formula. Yeah. What do you got for me? That's right. Um, well, let's just dive right into it. Um, I, I mentioned that you are the softball coach here. Uh, how's this semester going so far? I know you guys are already practicing, but but competition hasn't quite started yet? Yeah, uh, things are good. Uh, you know, the fall is sort of our preparation time. Our actual official season is in the spring. Uh, so uh, we do a lot of individual work in the fall. Uh, we do some exhibition or scrimmages. We've uh, gone down to Missouri State and played. Mm-hmm. And last weekend we went over to Lawrence and played KU. Okay. So uh, it's been good. We have, a, uh, we have what I would say a very uh, uh, inexperienced team. Uh, we have some some players that have been around a while, but uh, we lost a lot of experience over the last year in terms of uh, players. We had a you know we had that COVID thing go mm-hmm. go on, and we've had a number we had a number of kids who were in our program for five years who yeah. had basically been four or five years players. So um, we just lost a lot of experience out of our program. So working to kind of get everybody up to speed and uh, be ready for the spring season. Yeah, I think that experience piece uh, applies to a lot of teams around here. I know for the golf team, we have, you know, myself, I was uh, here when COVID hit in 2020, um, and a lot of us that are juniors and seniors, and I'm a fifth year this year, but didn't see a lot of playing time our first few years, but now we are fifth years and, and seniors, and yet still kind of inexperienced a little bit. So yeah. I, I, I noticed your roster, you have like three seniors and three redshirt seniors, I think. And besides that, a lot of sophomores and freshmen. Yeah, and yeah for sure. We have a lot of uh, players that have been around a while, but maybe haven't seen uh, as much uh, live game time. So mm-hmm. that's that's really encouraging for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh, really a fun uh a fun arena to coach in yeah. when when you know that um, you know the appetites are good, mm-hmm. the motivation's good, and uh, so those are always good coaching environments. Yeah. And I, I imagine you guys probably learned a lot going to Lawrence and, and Springfield yeah, early this for year sure. and, and um, playing teams like that. Yeah, you know, biggest thing you learn is that. Um, you know, and you probably know this, but it doesn't matter. Everybody's the same. We, we, we tend to put uh, people in certain places and you got to keep the game slow, right? You get, um, 
best athletes, best players learn to slow the game down from the neck up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you get in those avenues or those arenas where uh, the perception is that they're bigger, faster, stronger, uh, it all that happens is that that's all in from the neck up. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we played well. We were competitive. Uh, we, we did uh, not play catch as well as we needed to in terms of some, some errors, but those were all things that were just from, from the neck up. Yeah. And uh, so that's really encouraging. Yeah, and how, how young the season is and how it quite hasn't even started yet, yeah. so that's impressive. Um, I know I mentioned kind of your role within the team, um, but could you touch on that a little more? I know we talked you know, analytics before the show, um, a little bit of hitting, things like that. Um, what is your day-to-day in practice and yeah. games look like? So day-to-day, um, so I have kind of an interesting role. I mean, Coach Coach Anderson does a great, great job of facilitating the – coaching staff uh usually when we break away I'll, i i tend to handle the outfield mm-hmm. i work with the outfielders uh defense and so on um and then you know we all on our on our hitting days or cage days or b bp days we we all tend to take a role in terms of hitting um i tend to throw a lot of b a lot of bp is good that that i throw and and jeremy and keeler also throw it's nice i'm i come from the left side mm-hmm. and keeler and uh jeremy throw from the right side so it's it's nice to have that variety so we all throw our fair share of B of BP. Um, I also um, I don't work directly with the mechanics of pitching, um, but I'm around the pitchers a lot, and I and and I work with the pitchers because during the game I call pitches, and so um, I just get a feel for them in terms of what pitches they like to throw, how they can be comfortable. So uh, really, uh, pitch uh, catchers and and coaches have a have a a big part of what pitchers do, and so. Um, my job is to build trust with the pitchers and know that we're on a good a good relationship. So I spend a little time with the pitchers, and then uh, I do some of the analytic stuff. Um, we we scout teams when we play them, uh, mostly during season. We we don't do that much scouting in the fall. Um, and then I I plan a lot of the um, like we capture data, we capture their at bats, we capture um, pitches, what pitches were thrown in what strike zone. So I'm just kind of the organizer of the of of the data. And I get that out to players and coaches, and so we as coaches can use it, and and players can can use it. Um, one thing that I'm a firm believer in is that I want to make a player, an athlete, uh, as knowledgeable, as smart as I can, and. Um, then I think that's a piece of the puzzle in terms of confidence. I think that, you know, there's a lot of doing in softball or in any sport. There's a lot of repetition, and those things need to be there. But I also think there needs to be some good understanding. So uh, you can't information overload a kid, but you want to help them make them smart, Mm -hmm. and you want to make them uh, understand how to skill build, and then that leads into a confident performance. Yeah. It's uh, very interesting to see the amount of – data and analytics that are, are in sports now, especially college. I know it's been like that for professional sports for a while. For the golf team, we, we do something called, called decade golf where we enter all of our rounds and it gives you, spits you back all that data, all that, you know, where you're best from, where you can work on, what your tendencies are. Um, and earlier you mentioned, you know, not staying performance or uh, result oriented, but kind of that, you know, understanding the process. And that's kind of the same thing we're going through now is, you know, the decisions you make before that result even happens. Absolutely. Is, is the biggest thing. And I, that's something I work on with my golf game consistently. Yeah. And, golf, uh, golf, like softball. I mean, they're in a lot of ways they're they have a lot of failure in them. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, yeah. so you got to learn, uh, you, you got to learn to keep that confidence high mm-hmm. and you got to roll with things when things feel good mm-hmm. and, um, numbers data helps us sort of process that. Yeah. So it's good. Very interesting. How did you initially get into coaching or softball? Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I've got three kids and they all played a lot of sports when they're young and my daughters, I have two, two daughters and I, uh, and I have a son and, uh, I coached his baseball team and I coached my daughter's softball teams. And then I got involved in the ACES organization when my youngest daughter got a little older. Um, she was a division one athlete and, um, just started to really get involved in the game. Um, had a, had a, uh, 
learned a lot along uh, along the way. I think any coach will tell you that uh, you continue to learn. And uh, after my youngest daughter uh, uh, moved on to another team, um, you know, I was here and I approached Coach Anderson and offered up some volunteer assistance and been doing it ever since for about eight, eight years now. So something that, I, you know, that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love being outside. Uh, I love being around competition. I love being around a college campus where, and, and I, and I love to, to watch, keep, watch young people compete. I mean, I'm, I'm of the belief and probably, uh, our players will tell you, I want practice to be hard. I want practice to be fast paced. I want it to be energetic because I want the game to be slow. Right. And I think, uh, we play a sport that if you can keep the game slow and you play, so I don't want them to ever experience something that they wouldn't experience in practice. So, um, just, you know, just kind of have a love for the game of softball. My, my wife also is involved in uh, soft softball. She's, she's coached as well. In fact, she's the pitching coach at UCM. So, and then she has her own little uh, 12, 14 year old team that she coaches out of the city. So uh, heavy dose of softball in our family. for That's sure. cool. You gotta love uh, a competitive family. Yeah. Makes it, makes it interesting. Could you see yourself ever, or did you see yourself before? Like, you know, when your kids were growing up before you coached, like, Oh, I'd be really good at that coaching thing, or I think I want to do something like that. Or is this something that kind of came about uh, once they started playing? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question because a long time ago when I was an undergraduate at Iowa State, um, I stayed an extra semester, and in the state of Iowa at the time, I got a coaching certificate. Mm-hmm. And I just got a coaching certificate because, you know, I thought maybe I want I would want to coach some, someday. So that was always uh, always in the back of my mind probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my dad, uh, for, a, for a long time, he started out, he was a teacher, and a football coach and uh then he went on to be a principal and administrator but um so i always kind of had that 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 itching to coach um you know i just um never i i didn't i didn't set out to be a coach but i think teaching and coaching share a lot of things in common and so i think being a teacher helps me uh be a better coach and i think being a coach helps me in the classroom yeah very much so. I, I can definitely see that perspective being in your classes uh, for several years now. Um, what's, you know, those things, speaking of teaching and coaching at the same time, um, what are some of those things that you you bring from the classroom, say a class like ours in professional communication uh, or the even the Dale Carnegie course that I, I took with you? Um, what are some things you, you always see yourself taking from the classroom to your team? Yeah. So, um, you know, really something that, that really has struck me as I've, as I've been coaching these last seven or eight years. And so I'm going to call it the cycle of performance. Okay. And I'm going to describe it this, this way that, um, the cycle of performance is, uh, to know, do, and feel. Okay. So you have to know something, you have to do things, right. And then you have to feel something, right. And we continually cycle through that. And it strikes me that sometimes in the classroom, uh, we don't do a good enough job of the doing, right? We come to a classroom, we come to a classroom and we get all this information and knowledge, but we don't apply it. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Dale Carnegie, we call it the six o'clock trap. So one thing I do sim- symbolically with my students when they leave the Carnegie course, I tell them, okay, this class is really about what you do outside of here. Okay. So I make them each day they leave the classroom, I make them step over an imaginary line. And it's, and it's the trap, right? The trap is to never practice or do the things that we talk about in class. And I think that happens in, uh, in areas like the field of communication. In other words, you get, everyone thinks education is always just about knowing. On the flip side of that, what coaching has taught me is that the trap is is different. It's not the six o'clock trap. It might be the nine o'clock or the three o'clock trap, but it's different. It's that we spend so much time doing, go hit a bucket of balls or go go to the cage, go go get 50 swings, play play catch, take ground balls. We do we we constantly want to just do repetitions. And I listen, I think skills are built through repetition. But if you continually do just the skill, and never put the knowing or the understanding behind it, mm-hmm. then you're missing something. So what strikes me sometimes on the coll- on the coaching side of things is that the trap exists, but it's the opposite trap. We got to be careful about not just doing and helping slowing it down and helping athletes understand 
the swing or the golf swing or throwing mechanics or how to drop step on a ball in the outfield. Mm -hmm. So we got to give them the mechanics part and we got to give them some of that understanding. Mm -hmm. You put understanding and skill together, that's when you create a really potent process. And so coaching and teaching alongside it's really taught me that it's really kind of different. Different in the same way. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's a, Almost like, and I, I can see that really happening when you get through like the really mid midway through the season where things are getting really tough. Say the team's not playing the greatest, but they're really sticking in there and not going into practice and going through the motions. Because that's what we do in golf, I feel like, is really e- easy to go to the range, hit a bucket of balls, putt for 30 minutes, and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, all right, in essence, what did you really do here? And so that's, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and, and I never want to tell someone like uh, – I'm a big guy in terms of time and not about how, not about the number, like don't take 10 swings, uh, you know, uh, put it on minutes, right? Do some, and if you have to slow the process down, slow it down, but hit for 30 minutes or do, don't ever think of it in terms of the number because then people chase the number mm-hmm. and they're, they're just trying to get done. So we, I always try to do it in, I, I would love every activity and practice to be timed. Uh, I, I, I just think that's a, that's a much better way. Mm-hmm. To work people through. Almost like a quality over quantity. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah. So what's the best part of the job when it comes to coaching? When, like, you are, like, say that one reason why you've been doing it for eight years. You know, you don't have any, any of your kids are, are playing anymore. And what, what makes you keep sticking around for this? Yeah, uh, so for, for me, probably the best part is uh, the connection that I make with players. And just to see... Um, just to see progress, man, to see a light bulb come on. It's like the same thing in the, in the classroom. I mean, I'm not really doing anything except setting the table, creating the appetite. Mm. Those, those athletes, just like students, you guys do it all on your own. I mean, I'm all, all I'm doing, I'm just setting the table. Right. And when you see someone sit down at the table, take part in the table and do great things, that's, that's really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything special. I'm not the greatest teacher or coach ever. You know, I'm just somebody that's trying to, to, to facilitate it along. And, you know, maybe I'm a little selfish and say, but I really enjoy doing it. And mm-hmm. so I enjoy the process of teaching and yeah. the process of coaching. So if the outcome is that, Hey, some, some, some good things happen, then that's, that's a really good outcome for me. So, so, uh, uh for me, I just, I just want to set the appetite. Yeah, I can see a lot of those similarities, um, you know, in our in our classroom with professional communications with, you know, we take the quizzes over the chapter and then you give it our our uh, chances to uh, appeal, appeal the answers, even how weak they might be. Sometimes <laughs> I'll talk supposedly them. my yeah. my my appeals are weak. There's that alarm that you're talking about. Yeah. We just got a uh, a national alert. I'm sure you all did as well. Uh, if you're listening right now, that's what that beep was. Um but my phone works, looks like. Um, well, we're going to head to a, a short break, but after the break, we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that you were doing outside of coaching and um, teaching. So please stay, in t- stay tuned. This is the winning formula on UCM Radio, The Beat. We have so much to celebrate in Division II, but we're especially proud of our commitment to make a wish. Division II student athletes have led a 10-year initiative to raise funds and help grant wishes of children with life-threatening medical conditions. Nearly $3 million have been raised, and hundreds of children's wishes have been granted. We play hard, we work hard, and we support others in need. Why? It's simple. Because we care. We can stop to make sure someone is okay. Get in the way and disrupt the situation. Codify an authority. Or walk them home safely. We can change the language around rape. We can make campuses safer for our teammates, our friends, and our classmates. We cannot be bystanders. Taking action isn't always easy, but it's on on us. To intervene. Because we can. Learn more and take the pledge at itsonus.org. My name is Jake Wooster. Catch Making Waves, explaining the why and how of audio from 4 to 5 p.m. on Wednesdays. Dive deep into the behind the scenes of audio and the tools of the trade to make the most interesting sounds. Find us here on the best radio station in town, UCM Radio, The Beat. 
Did you know that when you shop at a local business, you can create jobs, stimulate the local economy, and reduce your carbon footprint? 90% of net new jobs are created by small businesses, which makes them the largest employer nationally. And for every $100 spent at a local shop, 68 of those come back into the community because small businesses buy from more small businesses. Because of this, habitat loss and pollution caused by transportation has decreased by 26%. To learn more about the benefits of supporting small businesses in your community, visit one in your area today. This message brought to you by your friends in UCM Digital Media Production. Welcome back to the Winning Formula on UCM Radio The Beat. I am your host, Cole Elling, and I'm being joined by Terry Kinkanen, a professor here at UCM and also assistant uh, softball coach as well. Um, Terry, we, we mentioned earlier that uh, you were getting into a little bit different role um, with the team and, and offering up some, some analytics and some, some data and some research that uh, you've been doing uh mainly with just at-bats, I believe you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to yeah. talk us through that. Yeah, so, you know, I've, uh, I've kinda, I kind of dabble in, a, in, a, in some consulting work, and a um, couple things I have going on. One you just mentioned is uh, I've uh, created an app, and the app is really, um, it's still in its beta stages, but we, I have copies of it on my iPad, and we use it during games. Um, but it's really capturing the... Um, the, the process of an at, of an at bat in terms of uh, what a player does. So we really don't focus on the results. What's the outcome? We focus more on the process. And we have a um, basically it's an app that has a a picture of a hitting zone. It's got six hitting zones in it. One you know three on top, three three on the bottom, and we track. A players at bat so um and we do that through colors and through a number system so like if it's number one and they took a strike we put a one and we put it in the zone that they took a strike in and they can take a they can take a pitch they can it can be a ball it can be a swing and a miss it can be a foul foul ball whatever it is we track that process and then we go in and um and so we 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 want to give that feedback to our players so in the app then i have the ability I save it to my to my camera roll, and right from my camera roll, then I've created a uh, shared document with all the players. So as soon as uh, as soon as that's done, uh, it's sent to their to it's sent to the players as a shared document, and they can review it later after the game, you know, day or so, mm-hmm. and then I can go in and I can make comments uh, about this at bat. Notice here that you took two pitches um, down and in, mm-hmm. and we start to see patterns, start to see trends, we start to see zones where uh, players are maybe hesitant to hit in, mm-hmm. and we start to see where they take pitches and where what their heat zones are, zones that they like to hit in, and so we tend to profile that, and we also know something, right, that counts uh good good counts result in good outcomes mm-hmm. so getting into an o2 count a one two count your chance of success is much more difficult so we're just trying to give the players some feedback about how they're processing their at bat listen at, swinging at bat uh in softball, in high-level softball, uh, a, a person's throwing a ball to you. It's typically moving. It's got a direction. It's either going up, down, in, in, out. It's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make uh, our players confident in the process. And so that's really where that app is kind of developed. So it sounds like they also get just a better sense of themselves as an athlete, too. And probably a lot of they've noticed a lot of tendencies they've never even thought of. For sure. Um, and, you know, some say have a plan. And like some, some players want to have a plan that they want to hunt the outside pitch or they want to look here. And, you know, there's a lot of situational stuff that goes into that. What what kind of uh, pitcher are we facing? Are, are, are they a curveball pitcher? Are they a rise ball pitcher? It just gives them, uh, I believe, every athlete has a database, mm-hmm. right? Think about this. In their mind, they have a database. And the more good things you can put in their database, they get to process. And the more organized your database can become, 
again, the more confident we can try to make you. So again, we don't, I don't make them, they make them themselves. What I'm helping them do is create that database, that sense of information. And we're really concentrating on that at bat because that's where a lot of failure is. You know, I mean, if you're getting on three out of 10 times, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the, the, the craziest thing about golf and, and, and softball and baseball is, you know, usually like a, a losing statistic, what sounds like 300 sounds bad, but, you know, for a golfer, for a baseball player, it's pretty dang good. Pretty good. Yeah. So part, it's part of the winning formula, right? Part of the winning formula. How long have, uh, has the softball team oriented this, this strategy, this data? So uh, this is the second year that we'll be using this. I created this. I developed this app about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's been through a couple changes, a couple versions. I've uh, I hired a person out of Texas. He, I don't know how to develop the app. So uh, I contracted through him. It's funny. Uh, if, if you know anything about Up Upworks, you can go out. And I put a bid out. And so this person has kind of helped me develop the uh, of the app when it gets to a point that I really like it, I'll throw it in the app store and see and see and see what happens. That's so, cool. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. I love the the data driven with also the also the you know mental side of things and understanding yourself and you know the 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 stats and the analytics and data can only get you so far. And I like how you you know you mention a lot in class and when you talk about coaching, you're just offering this up to students, to athletes and they're willing to you know, take this on themselves. And that's what, when true growth starts. For sure. That's yeah. very interesting stuff. Well, uh, I want to do something a little different with you. Uh, something you and I probably haven't done before and talk a little something outside of sports or communication. So okay. we're going to do a little rapid fire with you. Okay. Um, and see how fast you can go. And oh boy. I want some honest answers here. Okay. So okay. first off, childhood hero. Who was it? Well, I was a basketball guy. Okay. Uh, I love the Lakers. Uh, so probably it would have been any number of Lakers. Could have been Norm Nixon, Michael Cooper, Magic Johnson. I love the guard play for the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And cool, cool. and baseball guy, my my guy was Fred Lynn, center fielder, left left handed guy. I love the lefties. Uh, quarterbacks, Ken Stabler, Jim Zorn, left handed quarterbacks. <laughs> you do everything left handed. Yeah. You kick left footed. Yeah. Wow. For sure. Interesting. That's, I part, do, of, that's part of the winning formula. <laughs> I'm ambidextrous. I do a little things both ways. So yeah. that's the true key to success. Um, what could you do first? Hit a, hit a home run off of your best pitcher or steal second? Oh, I could steal second. Yeah? yeah. You still got this footwork? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, favorite line from a movie? Favorite line from a movie. Gosh. Um... So I love the movie Fletch, but not as you know it. I, I the old movie Fletch. I don't even think I've seen it. Um, it's it, you should check it out. Chevy Chase in the eighties. Um, he's a, he's a private detective. Um, he shows up and he he gets to uh, he likes this this gal and he shows up at her house and um, she's in a towel and he says, oh, "Excuse me, I, my car was hit by a water buffalo. Can I borrow your towel?" <laughs> I know. I'll have to watch that one. That's yeah, funny. So he's got a lot of good uh, lines in there. Um, if you were at a karaoke bar and you had to sing a song, what song would you be singing? Well, I'd probably sing because uh, I did this one time when I started when my wife and I were first dating. Um, we were at uh, a place in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I walked up and nobody knew I was going to do it. I sang "Kung Fu Fighting." <laughs> <laughs> so she, is that when you swept her off her feet right there? Uh, well, she was a little surprised, and everybody was a little taken back, like, who's the guy singing Kung Fu Fighting? So, uh, But she continued to date me after that. I Why do I – I can picture that, yeah. you doing that. Yep. That's funny. Um, if you could add any activity or sport to the Olympics, what would it be? It can be anything. Oh, that's not currently in there? Yeah. It can be – Paper football. It yeah, could no. be. How about how about three on three basketball? Three on three basketball. That's yeah. uh, I had a, a, a one of my basketball coaches growing up in seventh and eighth grade. He traveled the yeah. country playing three on three. Yeah, basketball. I used to do that in in college. Me and me and my buddies they, they were called hoop it up tournaments, and you'd go to like Dallas, and they they, they were done in the streets, mm -hmm. and based upon your age and so on. And uh, those were those those are a lot of fun. That's so cool. I'd say three on three. Yeah, he said they used to have one out at uh, Arrowhead Stadium in the parking lot. Yeah. They used to do one. Yeah. That's cool. Um, if you could have any non-athlete celebrity join a baseball team or a softball team, who would it be? Non-athlete celebrity. Mm -hmm. You want to see them on 
the Jennies or the Mules. A non-athlete. Softball and, or baseball team. And they have to be a celebrity? Uh, it don't have. It doesn't have to be. Um, non-athlete celebrity. Well, mm. I stumped you. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> I like Tom Hanks. I like Tom Hanks, too. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Um, and last one. This isn't kind of fitting with the other rapid-fire ones. A little bit more serious, but you've been here at UCM for a while. So I feel like it is very fitting for you to answer this question. What does it mean to be a mule? Well, for me, I think it just means to be one day better. Everything you do, just be one day better at it, right? I mean, you, 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 you don't get to be great, or in your case, the winning formula, unless you do things. It's, it's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. It's a marathon. And uh, everything you do in life, man, just do it one day better. Yeah. Be, a, be a better student one day at a time. Be a better student athlete one, one day at a time. I can be a better teacher one day at a time. So uh, I'd say a mule is to be one, to be one day better. I have a, a friend that's probably listening, Connor Arment, former basketball player here, and he always tells me, we always joke around, 1% every day, 1% better each day. Yeah, for and sure. And it's, it's definitely, it's grown on me, and it's something that I, I try to do every day. So it's, yep. I appreciate you saying that. It makes yep. a lot of sense. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking your time uh, out of your busy schedule to, to come down here and join me. Uh, you truly have been a big part of my uh, time here at UCM. Uh, it really inspired me to be a better athlete and student. Um, and I've really enjoyed your class. So any future UCM students out there, please uh, find a way into uh, your Dale Carnegie course and any other course that you may teach. So I I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, I I always say one of the best things that I enjoy about students is uh, I don't want students to ever stay in Warrensburg. I want them to go on and do great things and just stay connected at some point let me know through linkedin or something when great things are happening for you i always always love to see when my students uh have success marks in their their life so you're also a pleasure to have in class i appreciate that and i look forward uh to that reconnection down the road so thank you thank Uh, you colt yeah when we return we are going to dive into a quick update of all the fall sports going on right now and i want to add that uh dang we are sure doing well in all departments and all sports right now it's very impressive to watch so i can't wait to to uh, dive in that with you guys. So don't go anywhere because you are listening to The Winning Formula right here on UCM Radio, The Beat. Did you know that there were more than 62 million tons of paper products recycled in 2021? That is a lot of recycling. A lot of these paper products can be used to create new day-to-day things, such as straws, disposable cups, and even cereal boxes. That is the beauty of recycling. By recycling, you can help be a part of making a change and increase those numbers. Change starts with you. So let's start today. Did you know that millions of animals are either abused or abandoned every year in the United States? Donate to your local animal shelter today. And if you have room in your home, why not adopt a furry little friend to add to your family? Be a part of the change. Be a part of saving a helpless animal's life. One in nine people worldwide go to bed hungry each night. That's why UCM students and faculty are encouraged to visit the UCM Campus Cupboard. Campus Cupboard is a volunteer-based charity dedicated to alleviating hunger and financial burdens in the UCM community. Any UCM faculty, staff member, or student who presents a valid ID may select 10 items per week from Campus Covered. Campus Covered is located in the lower level of the UCM Student Rec and Wellness Center and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 3 to 5.30 p.m. Welcome back to the winning formula right here on UCM Radio The Beat. I am your host, Cole Elling. And thank you for uh, making it through that commercial break and not leaving me. Uh, I have the best fans ever. Very proud of you for not uh, taking away. So now 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to hop into some UCM sports fall sports updates and look forward to the upcoming events. But before we dive into that, we are going to have our email line open like we did last time right at winningformula64093 at gmail.com. Again, that's winningformula64093 at gmail.com. Please email me, tell me you're listening, anything uh, you want me to, you want to hear talked about, uh, maybe some takes that you do not like hearing from me. So uh, let's uh, let's hop right in. First, we have Ginny's Volleyball off to a solid start in conference play. They're 6-0, and a total of 9-5 record. Uh, they're currently on a four-game winning streak, taking down Washburn, Emporia State, Central Oklahoma, and then Pitt State. They will be playing at home tomorrow against Newman and Tuesday the 10th against Northeastern Missouri. Uh, the girl that's killing them right now, Kirsty Nix, 202 kills leading the team. Uh, Grace Winkleman leading the team in digs at 221. And who's hosting the block party? It's Grace Southern, 72 blocks. So way to go, volleyball. Uh, keep it up, and I'm sure you will have all of us out there this week and next to uh, – watch you guys take down Newman and Northwest. So uh, looking forward to that. Cross country, they competed in the Chili Pepper Invitational hosted by University of Arkansas last weekend. The Jennies placed eighth overall out of 23 teams, finishing the race with a time of one hour, 46 minutes, and 26 seconds, highlighted by three top 25 finishes, including graduate student Katie Bean, who placed fourth overall with a time of 19.03, sophomore Chloe Belgum, Ran the 5K race at 20 minutes flat, uh, good for 17th position, while Mackenzie Bergman crossed the finish line in 20 minutes, 16 seconds, in the 23rd place. Uh, the men's side, uh, they, UCM had three top 50 finishes, including sophomore Brian Matei, 28th place finish in time for 25 minutes flat, while Warrensburg, Missouri native Cooper Palmer finished 8th finished the 8k in 25 minutes and 21 seconds earning himself a 47th place finish and junior brian o'brien who placed 50th with a time of 25 22 in route to their eighth place finish out of 30 teams both mules and Ginny's squads will compete saturday at the brian t simpson invitational hosted by the university of missouri in columbia football team stays hot last weekend with a win over northwest missouri Excuse me, Northwest Missouri, moving them to four and zero. That win over Northwest was a big one, forty-one to thirty-eight. There's a little bit of a, I would say, garbage time touchdown there for the Bearcats, uh, putting them to thirty-eight. Uh, the game didn't quite look that close the entire time, but Zach Zabraski again played well, 412 passing yards, two touchdowns, 149 rushing yards, and two touchdowns for Marcellus Hawkins. So the offense stays hot for the Mules. They will stay in town this week as they host Nebraska Kearney at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Nebraska Kearney is still trying to find their groove as they currently sit, uh, I would say, middle half, middle back half of the conference at 3-2, and two, uh, looking for a, a, what would be a pretty pretty big upset win for, for Nebraska Kearney if they can pull it off. But the way that our offense and defense is running full tilt right now, uh, I'm looking out of a big game out of our mules this weekend. Let's go over to golf as the Jennies are very hot as well. They have won back-to-back tournaments, winning two of the first three of the year. Mila Rallo has won back-to-back herself individually. I have to shout out my girlfriend, Haley Jones, top 10 finishes, uh, two top 10 finishes and a tied for 16. Uh, was runner-up this last week and milking an is- at wrist injury. So she's uh, battling, still playing well, still giving the team um, a lot of great scores. And over to the men's, uh, not quite the same start, but still c- staying very competitive within the MIAA, have finished fourth in their first three tournaments. Um, Mule's scores have been led mainly by Robert Sager and a strong other top five supporting cast. Uh, Mules will leave this weekend to play Missouri Western Invitational up in St. Joe to try to knock their first win into the win column. Women's soccer, Jenny Soccer is off to a solid start. They are 7-2-1. They are 2-0-1 in conference play, putting them in a tie for second 
in the conference ranking for the second half of the season still remaining. Jennings suffered their first tie of the season against Central Oklahoma, a very solid team this year last Sunday, but uh, look to keep play going as they host Rogers State on Friday, Northeastern State on Sunday. Make sure to go out and support that. Um, We are going to head to a break here, though. That was our quick sports update. But when we get back, we are going to talk a little NFL football, maybe ranking some top teams, maybe rank some players. We'll see uh, who's hot, who's not. Keep emailing, please, at winningformula64093 at gmail.com. That's, again, winningformula64093 at gmail.com. You are listening to the Winning Formula on UCM Radio The Beat, and we will be right back after this short commercial break. According to a study by IBM, 95% of all cybersecurity breaches result from human error. That adds up to about $3.13 million of loss in 2020 alone, and accounts for acts like downloading infected files or software and storing weak passwords in easy-to-find places. When everything is online, you can't afford to not be. Protect yourself and others online. Learn more and how at CISA.gov. Tobacco use affects youths all across the United States. Millions of youth are at risk for disease and even death due to tobacco use. Talk to your kids about tobacco use and how it can affect their lungs. Help keep the future of this nation safe from tobacco-related illnesses. In 2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. That number is way too high. That's why the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available to all men. Call 988 if you are struggling. You're not alone. There is help. Welcome back to The Winning Formula on UCM Radio's The Beat. I am your host, Cole Elling, and I am so happy to be coming to you live from right here on campus at the University of Central Missouri. Uh, Fall is officially here, folks. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It's under 80 degrees all day. Everyone's getting sick, and football's here. So I don't know what else to tell you that that fall is officially back, but fall is here. Um, So we're going to get into a little bit of football um, because of its fall. Uh, but still keep those emails coming in hot. Again, that's winningformula64093 at gmail.com. I really want to hear from you guys. Uh, I want to know what you think of the show, maybe anything I need to talk about, want to talk about. We actually have uh, already one email, uh, our super fan here at The Winning Formula, Calvin Dillon writes, Cole, please give us a take on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's situation. Is there too much publicity around the Chiefs right now? Is this a good or a bad thing for the franchise? Um, Calvin, I do not know. Um, At this point, I kind of just want to call Taylor Swift the commissioner of the NFL. She basically runs it now. Um, I think she should probably start calling the Chiefs plays within the red zone because we have a lot of third and longs in the red zone right now. Um, In my humble opinion... Uh, I'm sorry, Swifties. I think this is scripted. Um, And I'm sorry, my fellow Chiefs fans. I am the biggest Travis Kelsey fan. I love Travis. I love my Chiefs. But this just makes too much sense for it not to be scripted. I mean, you think about the jersey sales. You think about the ticket sales. You think about how often as a NFL football fan or a Taylor Swift fan, have you been promoted both Taylor Swift or NFL football shoved down your throat the last two weeks. I think this, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong. I would love to be completely wrong. Maybe they are in love. Maybe they're going to get married. Maybe we're going to have little Taylor Travis babies running around here um, in a couple years. I do not know. But I do know that uh, 
no publicity is bad publicity for the Chiefs. Uh, we're already the most hated fan bases in, in America, probably. Uh, so keep feeding it. I mean, if people want to hate on the fact that the biggest celebrity is now a Chiefs fan, I'm sorry. Uh, all I would tell you is she probably should have been a fan earlier. Um, but, you know, that's that's that. But when talking about football, it's kind of fitting for my next next segment as I rank the top 10 teams in the NFL. Um, although this list probably has zero merit because I'm just some college kid with a computer with a mic in my face, and my last time I played a snap of football was in eighth grade. I do watch a lot of football, but I have a good feeling I know the top 10 teams in the NFL right now. So if you disagree, please, again, email winningformula64093 at gmail.com. I would love to hear your take on this, and uh, maybe there's someone in the top 10 that I didn't put. But uh, we'll uh, let's let's get started off. My number one, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so dang athletic. Defense is the best in the league. I think everybody knows that. I really like Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you also have CMC running the ball, so it's kind of hard to stop them both sides of the ball anyways. Um, but um, the 49ers took care of business uh, with the Cardinals last week. Uh, it looked kind of bad in the first half in the first half, second half came out and uh, took them down. but they have a big task, a big tall task this weekend about the Cowboys um, was Sunday night and I think we're gonna learn a lot about both teams in that matchup. My number two right now is the bills. Uh, since week two, Josh Allen has completed 76.6% of his passes for a total of 112 yards, 8.6 yards per attempt. He's got eight touchdowns, one interception, uh, with another 70 yards and two scores on the ground. Uh, dude's not bad, not bad at all, but he's no Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs at number three, uh, a defense that entered the game as one of the best in the league, uh, gave up 245 yards and two touchdowns versus, sadly, Zach Wilson and the the New York Jets. If you're a Chiefs fan, you know what I'm talking about. That game wasn't pretty. Um, a lot of people saying we got bailed out. I know I have some golf teammates that probably are going to tell you that we got bailed out. If you go through that film, I don't know. You look at Nick Wright from ESPN said it great this week. You look at the two calls before that holding penalty on Sauce Gardner. Uh, you have two holding penalties on the Chiefs. Both were third and long. Both Patrick Mahomes picked up on his feet. Then you have a penalty call on Sauce Gardner that was called late. The flag was thrown late. But in slow-mo, you can obviously tell that he's holding. He won't let him turn. Um, so... I don't know. I think there's some problems there on the Chiefs' O-line. I think the only reason that I have them at number three is that we have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. Um, You can't go against their history the last five years, six years, Um, and so therefore, just that reason only, they are my number three. Next, the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, in the style of offense, they can play. uh, They can basically do everything. Despite facing Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Howell to start the season, the Eagles defense currently ranks 17th in yards per play, allowed 23rd in points per drive allowed. Um, So I don't know. Kirk Cousins not looking great. I'm not that big a fan of Mac Jones either, and Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield. Um, So for the Eagles being who the Eagles are, I kind of would expect a better defense out of them in this year, but still a lot to go and a lot to grow. Uh, Cowboys, they are at my number five right now. This week is the real test for them as they travel to San Francisco to face the Niners on Sunday night. Uh, The offense will have to play better in the red zone. Uh, to come up with the win down there in San Fran or over there in San Fran, I I apologize. Uh, They are currently 38th in the red zone touchdown rate. So that's definitely something that's going to have to change in uh, San Fran if they want to take down the Niners defense and keep up with with their offense. Six, I sadly have the Dolphins. This hurts me to put them there and the Cowboys at five. Uh, Losing by 28 to Buffalo uh, is not what the Dolphins had in mind following their hot start. Uh, but it was 
disastrous performance on offense uh, is the way I would put it, where Miami is, Miami is still averaged 6.8 yards per play. The defense, however, is a concern in my opinion. They have now played two games of offense, giving up 36 to the Chargers and 48 to the Bills in those games. There's too much talent on this defense, even less than full strength. So uh, Vic Fangio's history is too good for this to continue, but uh, it is quite a concern, in my opinion, for the Dolphins, even with their their high-power offense. Lions, I have Lions at 7. I want them to be higher, but I feel like out of respect to the other teams above them, they should be at 7 right now. I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. Uh, I think he is basically Mr. Grit. He is fun to watch. His team's fun to watch. Uh, David Montgomery scored three touchdowns, and the Lions dominated the Packers on Thursday night uh, to take a firm grasp of the, of the division. So uh, another reason I boosted him up to seven. The v- def- defense currently sits fourth in yards per play allowed at four and a half, and 12th twelfth in points per drive allowed, 1.69. So I think the Lions are a team that's just going to get better better and better as the year goes on uh at eight i have the ravens i've been hit hard with the injury bug but have gotten lucky lucky with their strength and schedule they might be they might get lucky against again this week as they go against the steelers uh which is a team without kenny pickett or pat Fryermuth. so if they can put away the steelers pretty easily uh, i would have some faith in them Next at nine, I have the Seahawks, uh, recording 11 sacks and allowing just three points against the Giants on Monday night. Uh, If the defense can play more like they did, uh, more like they have been, uh, gave up, sorry, my apologies. If they can stay away from what they have been before last game, giving up 30, 31, and 27 against the Rams, Lions, and Panthers in their first three weeks, uh, the the Seahawks, I think, are going to be a tough team to beat coming down the finishing stretch of the season. And at 10th, I have the Jaguars. Uh, good news for the Jags. Uh, no one is running away with their, their division in the AFC South right now. With everyone at 2-2, two and two, but shutting down Desmond Ritter was nothing to write home about last week. And will face a tough matchup as they fly over the, Atlant- over the Atlantic to London to face the Bills in one of the NFL's designated international games, starting at 8.30 Sunday morning. So that is my take, and as I see the top 10 teams in the NFL right now, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but it is the official top 10 rankings of the NFL as they stand right now. We are going to head to a commercial break, but when we get back, we are going to have a quick uh, little update about things going on around campus uh, in the athletic department that I, as a golfer and student athlete, are, are very proud about uh, and really want to share with you guys some great news. So please stay tuned. And just a reminder, keep those email lines going. Keep them coming at winning formula 64093 at gmail.com. Do not go anywhere because we will be right back after this commercial break. This is the winning formula on UCM Radio, The Beat. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Blood drives are a significant event. 4.5 million people need a transfusion each year. It only takes about an hour to save a life. Even one pint of blood can save up to three people's lives. So, if you want to help, please visit redcross.org to set up an appointment today. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet, you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. 
If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Winning Formula on UCM Radio, The Beat. I'm your host, Cole Elling. I have really enjoyed the show with you all uh, today. had a wonderful in- interview with Dr. Terry Kinkanen, also Coach Kinkanen. Uh, I've known Terry for a while, actually, since my, I believe, my sophomore year here at uh, UCM. And I hope you all really know how much it meant for, for him to come down here today to the to the recording studio, sit in here with me for a little bit and really talk about uh, the importance of what he does, uh, the importance of college athletes, uh, and how hard it can be uh, for, for, you know, for even for him being a teacher, a coach, uh, a family member or a family man, a father. And um, yeah, it, it was a great interview. I really like how he touched on not only the the data and the analytics that he collects, but how we use our brains and how we are as athletes can use that information, kind of shut our shut our minds off when it comes time and just perform. And uh, he's a very, very good person to talk to, sit down with and talk to for a bit, um, whether it be about about classes, about sports, uh, what I'm doing after school. So he's been a great help for me. And uh, it's kind of fitting for, for what I want to talk to next. And I want to apologize to all my Listeners who have emailed in today, I can't quite make it to these other um, topics that you guys suggested, which I really, really appreciate because I just want to talk a little bit about some things that I have going on that I don't have going on, but the athletic department has going on around campus this semester. Um, and I've seen a lot of good come out uh, this semester. Uh, each athletic team really showing off some heart this year. Uh, I feel like it's very fitting to talk about some important things around campus. Uh, so first, uh, is the Jerry Hughes Athletic Center. Uh, a lot of former students, athletes, um, even current students, family, friends, known it as the multi-purpose building. This is where our Mules and Jenny's basketball teams compete, indoor track, and Jenny's volleyball. And uh, they have decided, the Board of Governors decided earlier this semester that they will be changing it to Jerry Hughes Athletic Center in honor of our late athletic director, Jerry Hughes. Jerry spent over 40 years here at UCM, and he is also a big part of why, you know, as a golfer, when I go out to Mules National, if you haven't been out to Mules National, I please urge you to go and experience it. Great golf course, great great uh, clubhouse, great environment. And he was a big part of that um, and rebuilding that. And uh, I, I owe a lot to him as, as a mule golfer. And uh, I really appreciate what the athletic department has done in his name and are still doing. So there's Hall of Fame weekend uh, this February. They will officially unveil the name along with some other, uh, other events that will be going on uh, in his honor. Secondly is the Herbert Golf Facility, Harbert, uh, Rand Harbert Golf Facility uh, out at Mules National. Uh, Rand Harbert is a, a former player uh, here at UCM. He has done so much for our program, uh, and I, I want to thank him as well. They are currently working on a new clubhouse for the Mules and Jennies uh, golf team that will overlook 18th Green. This will house both teams uh, with kind of a locker room clubhouse idea. Uh, they will spend a lot of time in there. Uh, me as a, as a current golfer, I know how much time I spent out at Mules National. And having something like that not only uh, is a great going to be a great recruiting tool for, for Coach Chris Port and Coach Tim Poe, but will also really have a place to bring the team together. Um, and I think that's even golf, as I've said so many t- times in the show, it's an individual sport, but when you have a team come together, uh, and they can come together housed under something like this that was building for us, um, it's going to be pretty important and pretty dang special. So I, I'm thoroughly blessed to be here when these two things are happening. 
Um, it is all because of the people that came here before me, uh, like Jerry, like Rand, and uh, you know all the work that is still being is still going on here. So it's it's a cool place to be a part of, and I'm very proud uh, to be here. So that is all I have for you today. Uh, I can't th- thank you all enough for tuning in. Uh, I always enjoy doing this and knowing that there's someone out there listening to my ridiculous takes or goofy interviews uh, is what keeps me going. So thank you, everyone, for for reaching out. And continue to reach out, please, uh, through the email uh, at winningformula64093 at gmail.com. I really want to hear what you guys have to say. If there's anything else going on that I haven't talked about that you want to hear about, um, it's going to help me. Uh, even when we're not not on air, so please uh, please reach out. I thank you so much. Uh, and my name is Cole Elling. This is the Winning Formula, and you are listening to UCM Radio, the Beat. Did you know that the University of Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled, and we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM, with campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.